Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Living Color Abroad, and I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And as you can already tell, this episode is starting off a little bit different. There's no music, because um, we're talking about a very serious uh, case here, and the case of, obviously, George Floyd, and what's you know what's happening right now in America. And I'm sure most of you are, are aware that are tuning in right now. And so I want to have this conversation with, um, not by myself, but with um, Carlos and Justin, who are my former colleagues back in New York and Brooklyn, but also people that I consider like my brothers. I, I, I consider them dear friends and brothers. Um, Justin is white. They're both parents. Carlos is black. And I wanted their perspective on, on this tragedy and murder of a yet another unarmed um, black man in America. And even if I didn't air this episode, I would have had had, had this conversation anyway. But I think it's important for you to hear this conversation as well. And that's why I decided to have them on um, so we could discuss and so you could hear. So hope you enjoy. All right, Carlos and Justin, welcome back to Let Me Color Abroad. How you guys doing, man? Doing great, man. You know, I've been better. I've been better. Yeah, and just to, just to remind our uh, listeners who Carlos and Justin are, Carlos, uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself one more time, please? Of course. Um, my name is Carlos. I'm an African-American slash Dominican male. Um Teacher, athletic director, basketball coach, you know, husband, father of three. I'm 40 years old, born and raised in New York City. I'm currently, uh, you know, residing in Texas while this COVID plays out in New York City. Okay, cool. McLennan? So, um, I am a teacher, um, a lifelong teacher. I've been teaching for 14 years. Um, I am a father. I have... A newborn who was born about a month ago. Um, I'm, Congrats, thank my you dude. Very much. I'm also a father of a, a nine-year-old girl named Julie. I'm married. I'm currently in France right now because my wife gave birth in France. My my wife is French, and um, kind of riding the the COVID crisis out here. We're in the green zone in France, so it's actually like pretty normal over here with not a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, and I'm very disconnected from all of the drama, whether it's COVID related or, uh, the George Floyd protests related. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely following along and, um, excited to, to talk to you guys. Yeah. And on, and on that note, uh, for those who are listening, Termo, uh, Termo McLennan, I worked with them for five years, uh, at a all boys school predominantly black and brown students and uh, in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, New York. And as when we met each other, we just instantly hit it off and eventually we we got close enough where we were discuss all kinds of debates. And unfortunately, things like George Floyd are uh, were obviously still happening. You know, years ago we were talking about Eric Gardner or you know, Tamir Rice, you know, Trayvon Martin. Those things were still unfortunately still happening and we discuss all things related um to, you know, police brutality and and uh, you know, injustice of all kinds so this this, i just want to preface this discussion by saying these are obviously our opinions we're gonna we keep it raw with each other we don't hold anything back when it comes to our we sometimes agree we sometimes disagree so you're basically gonna hear the perspectives of um all different kinds of people right here with uh terrible mcclennan and myself so let's start right there with uh george floyd so i'll start with you turnbull when you first saw the video of what happened, what was your first reaction? For me, I've seen like numerous videos about you know police brutality, mm-hmm. but um, this one to me was like the icing on the cake. Um, the way that officer, forget officer, that pig was on his neck, kneeling on him with his hands on his hips. That image is something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Um, like, you know, I thought I'd seen it all. I thought I had became like almost immune to these things. But like this one was like, for me, it's like just the way I feel now. I never thought I could, I would feel that way. Just the anger and the hatred that I have in my heart right now for, for any police officer. Mm. is how I feel, how I felt as soon as I saw that video, the look on his face, 
the look on the, the other officer, how he just stood there and watched. Like, I, I will never forget that. And yeah, like I said, the, the anger and hatred that I have right now, I don't think I could ever been capable of feeling. Mm. Justin? I mean, I, I agree when, with that there's something different about this. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's because of the situation that is, you know, that is unfolding with the crisis, with the, the pandemic, um, that kind of prefaced it emotionally for everybody. Um, but I mean, out like the moment sitting here watching, I was watching democracy now, um, or I was watching PBS news hour and it was like, the 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 shot of him on his neck and then to hear that he died like was a like a knife in the stomach and then that there were three other officers like it was like each thing kind of just hit like stabbed deeper and deeper uh, and I was just in absolute shock you know and it it's it is a and I think for everybody, it's going to be one of those moments that they're going to remember where they were and what they were doing when they saw that video. Because, and I think, Carlos, you're right. What, you know, the, the cops, he's got his hands in his pockets. You know, he legit has his hands in his pockets with this face of just like business as usual. Mm-hmm. I'm literally killing this man. And then... I didn't even know at that moment that behind the car there's two other cops. I didn't find that out until later on. They didn't say that in that news report, but to think that there's two other cops on him behind the car that that shot isn't showing, the shot isn't even as shocking as it could have been. That's even more shocking. You know, and so, I mean... Um, When you said, I think you said something along the lines like, that shot is something that people will never forget. Yeah, like, I, I think that that's going to be something that people remember, like, where they are when they saw it. Like, the shock was so... <laughs> but, you know, I, I know... You see, but I, I know people that... When, when, we, when I mentioned to them what's happening in Minneapolis, they had no idea what I was talking about. Um, I don't think... You know, McClane, there's going to be some people that are going to see this, that, oh, that sucks, and then their life is going to go on. Right, so for me, that, uh, that is not my reality. Like, this is why those things strike me. You know, where like I will never forget that. There, there, there's gonna be a lot of people in the country that will forget it because it's not. Yes, that poor, it's such that black guy there. I'm gonna go protest, and then my life is on. I'm gonna move on. You know, so I when you say that people will never forget that, you know, I have a hard time believing that because, like, you know. We've all been here before. Ultimately, this one is especially brutal, and only because of like the look on that guy's face, right? But you know, we've been here before. I was just at a protest, you know, and then a guy came to me, like, "Yo, I'm sorry." He was like a white guy, like, "I'm sorry, you know, we're here." I mean, yeah, honestly, dude, like, I've been to these protests, and I was right there with white people before, and years later, we're still here again, you know. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it, we, people will forget. You know, yeah. we, we're gonna we're gonna stop. We will stop protesting. Things will stop burning until the next time. You know, and and, and this is why I feel I'm just so angry because it's like, dude, it's like you know the talking has ended. And I like I got told people like, personally, I would not burn anything because this is me. But I'm enjoying watching this country burn. Mm. Yeah, mm. because it's like, what else, dude? I mean, I can just go on and on. Yeah. Can I, or do you want me to stop? No, go ahead. Because, you know, when when Kaepernick knelt, oh, that's disrespectful to the flag. You know, when we went out, we stopped traffic. Oh, that's disrespectful. These people don't don't block the traffic, right? When we burn things, oh, don't do that. That's not the way. So, can someone please tell me? What is the appropriate way? They won't ever tell you that, and and that's I, let me let me interject there right a little bit. So like exactly right, 
they won't ever tell you that. And that's the problem that I have with um, any people that, um, and that obviously Turnbull, you and I know some people that are like, this is not the way, you know, violence is not the answer. And then they talk about Martin Luther King Jr., this and that and the third. And they forget that, um, and I read this tweet that uh, I think her name is Bernice King, Martin Luther King's daughter, said that people evoke his name to deter justice and don't realize what actually MLK stood for, right? So yes, he was nonviolent, but he understood why riots happened. And this is the thing that people forget is like, there's a cause and effect. People didn't wake up and say, we're just going to burn shit down. That's not what happened. It's a reaction to something. And not just to something, to something that's continuous and that's pervasive and it constantly keeps happening over and over again. Like you said, we keep seeing these videos and Turnbull always sends me videos and I tell him, I don't like watching them. I don't like watching the videos of of police brutality. Why? Because I felt like to Turnbull and McClendon, like I feel numb to this almost now, yo. Like that's the fucked up shit. Like I almost feel numb to it all. Like I was watching like the video, right? And I'm like, you're right. His face is what will stay with me. That's what made it to, you know, I, I'm not going to say what's worse and what's, and what's not as bad, but that seeing that, like his, like the callousness of that, of like the, just the nonchalant, yeah, my knee's on your neck and so what, you know, like he doesn't obviously look afraid. He's like, you said like McClane's a business as usual, right? So those things stay with me, but at the same time, it, it, it hurts me that we've seen this, all of us, right? We've seen this for so long and we've seen countless videos. And this shit doesn't change. So that's why almost you, you kind of go into like this shell. And obviously I can't speak for you, term because I'm not, I don't know what it's like to be black in America, right? But as far as like just being a person of color, I go into this shell of like, yo, I just don't want to see these hurtful images anymore. Because I already know what it's about. I know what I'm about to see. I know that the, the system at place is against people of color and particularly black men, you know? So I, I, I'm going to, for me personally... I try to do what I, I can as a person, whether it's, you know, call hotlines, leave voicemails, you know, uh, bring awareness in whatever social media. But most importantly, and this is the part that I really want to bring home, is this discussion that we're having right now. Because I think a lot of people are using this. I'm not, I'm not going to say most people. I'm going to say some people, you know, they, they talk about performative justice, right? They like they share a post, they do a hashtag, and those are not bad things. I'm not trying to be like a cynic about those things. But like Turbo said, they, then they carry on with their lives. They don't got to think about it anymore. Like, all right, I did my part. I can just go on living my happy, you know, lily white life. And they don't got to deal with that. Like you said about the whole, what's the right or wrong way of protesting, right? Nobody will ever give you that answer because there is no right way. You, there's a reaction to something that has happened. I per, I agree with you. I wouldn't loot. I don't know about you, McClane. I wouldn't loot. I wouldn't throw shit at cops. But guess what? I'm not going to condemn those protesters, though. Because I don't know what it's like to be them. I don't know what it's like to go every day being black in America. So I'm not going to condemn them for their reaction to in, injustice. I'm not going to do that. It, and if you do that, it's coming from a place of privilege. And I know this is, there's some black people that don't agree with it. But guess what? MLK said, riot is the language of the unheard. Not that he agreed with it, but he understood it of why it occurred to begin with. And if we want to talk about why riots happen, let's talk about the cause of it. Not the fact that a riot happened. What caused a riot to happen? What caused all cities all over the world, all, all over the country, especially in the world, to do this? You know what? The, the, the funny part when we talk about riots, right? Like, you know, like, let's talk about the history of this country, right? Yeah. The Boston Tea Party, right? It was a riot. Then let's think about, like, slavery, right? Slavery didn't end because people said, oh, this is bad. It took a war to end slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Or that they walk. You know I mean? They walk and people listen. <laughs> yes, exactly. So here it is. The country's founded on violence, right? And but then when we turn to violent acts, oh look how out of control they are. But it's the history of this place. That's the only time people know this. But yeah. just when it, when it, when it, when it, when, it, when it comes to black people though, and we're doing that, people of color out there protesting, right? You know, the the, the reason why we're out there. No one cares about that. They don't want to talk about that. Fox News, which I always watch because I, you know, for me, I always like to see how the other side think. Like I can't live in the world because I know the world. Not everyone thinks like me, so I like to watch what other people are watching, so I know what they think. Fox News picked up the story once the rioting happened. You know, they didn't. It was not that big once the, the video of the police officer was out. 
that wasn't because that was black and white, you know? This is what this is. Like, you know, we can't talk about that. Flat, flat out murder. But don't pick that up until now. We have a reason we can make it look bad on people of color. They're out there losing. Yeah. Now let's talk about that. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, and you also, you have no, no media outlets trying to frame the rioters as, let's say, freedom fighters. Right. You know, people, you know, if you think about the image of Saddam Hussein's uh, statue tumbling to the ground, those pro- those were probably seen as rioters by, like, the people, the upper class of Iraq. They were like, rioters mm-hmm. take down Saddam's um, statue, you know, and no, no mm-hmm. one's sitting back and being like, oh, these rioters are actually expressing an injustice that is deeper than any kind of words can put into place, you know, that these riots are actually bringing to light and pushing forward change, and it's a necessary thing to happen. And if you think about it, that these riots are all that's happening, that the rioting, that there's not constant riots, is amazing. Right. You know, it's like, it goes, to me, it's, it's a it's a testament to the strength of the community of people of color that there isn't constant rioting right. because of how unbelievably unjust and unbelievably violent America is. Mm-hmm. And America has all literally always been. And the level of ignorance that is constant in every facet of our society, whether it's in the media, social media, school, you know, like, think about the curriculum of our schools. And you have families whose kids go to school and who see what their kids are learning. And, you, you know, it's, it always surprised me that there's not more retaliation in the streets all the time. And I don't know, like, maybe this will be another thing. Maybe it will be just, a, you know, an, another time that things got crazy and then went away. But I don't know. Like, I think that there is something qualitatively different about our world right now. And I think that what has preceded this situation and what will happen as a result of the pandemic and the economic crisis that's about to happen and people being evicted on a on a mass scale from their homes and our federal government and state governments doing as they always do and taking care of the wealthy and taking care of the people who have power like i don't think that the the fact that this happened now and not only that the thing the the day before with the bird watcher yeah, i i don't i don't know the cooper. guy's name Do you know Chris, his name christian cooper. cooper christian cooper right yeah. yeah so that didn't that happen the day before it was very uh, close. It was very close. It was close. Yeah. It was, it was but those two time. events happening right now, and it's right in the middle of the midst of the pandemic, to me, I don't know. It's there. These seem like things that could actually lead to some form of sustainable change. You make a good you point. Know, yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead, Sarmbo. No, no. I was just saying, okay. like, yeah, I, I hear you. So, like, let's see what happens come November. If because, like, well, you know, when we have, like, you know, like my biggest, you know, I talked the other day, and you mentioned somewhere in your lifetime, do you think you see a, a black president? Mm-hmm. And I said no. And I said, but also in my lifetime, I didn't think I would see an openly racist president. Yeah. Which we have right. now, right? Yeah. So, what McClendon just said, like, let, let's see what happens come November. Because if let's say if this guy wins again, we. We will see, like, this was all for now. Because when we can have a person that sits there and says, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. So insane. So, like, so, when, so. Or insane. he said, he said, if those protests that hopped the fence, they would have met, been met by vicious dogs. We've <laughs> okay. seen that already. So we have a guy saying yeah. that. If yeah. he can somehow turn around and win again, then what? Yeah. There we are. Yeah. Four I, more I, years of this. When, when I just heard that he spoke with the family of um, George, George Floyd, Floyd yeah. and it said he was so dismissive in talking to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You know, so so we have a, so this is what we're dealing with, right? And and so, yeah, you know, I would like to see what, what happens come, you know, November, because, you know, we've all, we've been here before, man, and we're still here. So, like, let's see what happens, but I, for me personally, 
Like, this is the same shit, just a different day. Yeah. Right? You know? And and for me, ultimately, I feel like, yo, we came here as slaves. Like, we were never meant to be nothing more than slaves in this country. Mm-hmm. So, why, why would anything be done to change that? This country was built on that shit, man. You're right. You know, so I sit here at this age and just, and just look at the history. You know, we can go down... For me, like, this is just so much more police brutality. You know, this was the slavery, them civil rights, Jim Crow, mm-hmm. war on drugs, mm-hmm. mass incarceration, this. So cool, you know what's going to happen? Yes, this could be deemed like, yo, you're going to hold the cops accountable, but all of that in my head, I always think, what are you going to do? What's next? Yeah. What's the next thing? It's always the next right. thing, yeah. That's where, oh. the, and, and, and that's why I sit here angry, not only because of, like, this brutality thing because I've been saying for years this is gonna pass like you know cops are gonna go to jail and they're gonna be okay that's not working anymore what are we gonna do now and and if you just look at the how the time of everything there's always something new that comes up to hold right. us back because we were never meant to be here we were here half a man they said a quarter man whatever it was mm-hmm. yeah. and, and for me that mentality has not changed you know people say go vote we, you know, we had a black president, and and then you know we have a racist president. You know, so for me, it, I just get so angry because I I just I don't know what else to do. Try using the, the Democrat go vote, vote them out. We vote people in there, nothing happens because once yeah, they I mean, get like, there, but hang, hang on, because once they get into office, they were like, it's just so many other hurdles you got to deal with, you know, to get your to get your stuff done. You know, and, and, and so that's just my frustration with everything right now. Like this, for me, this goes beyond police brutality. It goes beyond George Floyd. For me, this was a thing that put me in that state of rage and anger. But it's just so much more that was built up. Like I said, I, I just keep thinking, what's going to be the next thing? What is going to be the next thing they're going to do? Yeah. And you can also to your, you can erase four hundred years of history in, in in eight or fifty or forty, right? Like you just, I don't know. And I think too, you know, if you think about the, you know, it's an election year, but look at the other candidate. It's Joe Biden, right. and he he was part of the group of people that put into legislation the laws that led to mass incarceration. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we we have what are our choices? Yeah. And that's that's I think the And this like, is the same Joe Biden that said if you don't if you're black and you don't vote for me, then you're not black. He said that. Right. You, you if you saw that like he literally said that. He's like if if you're confused you're not black. But people are like, Oh, it's a bad joke, it's a gaffe. To me, that's just to me, I'm there's different forms of racism, right? There's there's overt racism in uh, Donald Trump yeah. and there's this covert internalized uh yeah. white privilege and, and things like that, which I think is Joe Biden. So, like you said, uh, yeah, these these are our choices. I do think Biden is better than Trump. I do think it will be a more diverse cabinet and all these other things. But is it a much better choice? Obviously, TBD, if he even if he's if he even's gonna win to begin with. But yeah. But I mean, maybe. But this is the thing, and this is what I'm starting to think about, like with this whole COVID, with the pandemic, is like the system is so ingrained and so fucked that. Things have to break down. They have to break down. They have to get worse. And so maybe Trump is like, I hate to say it, but maybe Trump like is a necessary evil to fuck things up so bad to to break things. Like if if you get if if Biden wins, right, and and like people are gonna be like, oh, like oh, like good things are gonna happen. Nothing good is gonna happen. Nothing's gonna fucking change. It's just like uh, it's just a the head. It's just a puppet that makes us feel a certain way. It's all theater. It's all bullshit. You know. So it's like if 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 Trump wins again and there's shock and awe and we continue to have something to to fight about and to like be angry about, maybe that's better than like I've I've been thinking a lot about the Obama years and how comfortable we felt. And how we were like, oh, you know, this was 
you know, Obama's president. And like, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to politics nearly as much as I do now during his presidency because I felt a certain way about him and I felt comfortable with him. And I read his books and I was like, yo, like, this is great. I mean, this is somebody I believe in what he, and what he stands for. Meanwhile, you know, he, he deported more people than any other president. That is a fact. And I didn't know about that until after he was out of office. Same here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's like, I don't know. The, the, the system is so bad. And the policies are so bad. And the recession of 2008 made the policies so much worse. And so to think that the recession, that what's about to happen is in any way going to make it better with Joe Biden there. Like, no way. No way. It's a deal with the devil. And I think that the, if Trump, like, if, if Biden wins, like, I don't, I'm going to be upset. I'm, like, I'm not going to be happy about that bullshit, you know? And, like, that doesn't even, doesn't even get into his character at all and, like, the, you know, who he is as a person. It's just what he stands for and what his politics are. You know, it's, it's like we, we need so much more. And, and, you know, with the Amy Cooper thing, what I really loved, you, you, did you see her response? I, 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 I glimpsed it. I didn't read the whole, what was she saying? Did you read the, she apologized, did you read the right? First, the, the first sentence was, what do you think it was? I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. Yeah, that's what I read, yeah. I'm not a racist. And like, I, I, I love that that happened. She said she was just afraid, right? That's what she said. She was just afraid. That's what she said. I, said, I was just afraid. Yeah, that's what she said. I'm not a racist. But just, just the I'm not a racist part, to me, is it's so beautiful that that happened because she is so many people. Yep. And for her to <laughs> Karen's be so of the world. Blatant, yep. blatantly racist, and for her to be like, I'm not a racist, it takes that term, and it, it, it just needs to be fucking deleted from the, from the possible words that we can say. Yeah. I'm not a racist. Delete it. Get it out of the fucking nomenclature. You can't say it. It's not allowed. You're not allowed to say it. Like, especially if you're white, but I would even venture to say anybody. Hmm. We live in a racialized, racist world that, like we've been talking about, was built and predicated on violence. And it's... Okay, let's just say white people can never fucking say that. Yeah. You can't say it. It's not it's not possible. You can't <laughs> be not racist. You know, you can maybe be like, you know, for certain things or like do certain things a certain way, but to be like I'm not racist like you can't you, you can't say it. It's internalized. Like, there, there, there's no qualification that you can get to that could be that could allow you to say. I got that. a black friend. I voted for Obama. <laughs> right, right, right. No, and like, and this is this is something that Turnbull and I were talking about. This this concept of an ally, a white ally. Yeah. You know, and like, I just I, I have such a hard time with that term, and I I, I googled white ally just to see what would come up, mm. and the first two websites. The first website was guidelines literally guidelines for being a white ally and the next one was a checklist for being a white i kid you not a checklist to see if you're a white ally you like is 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 that is just a way for white people to feel comfortable to be like oh i'm a i'm a white ally i do x y and z i have this this many black friends or i've done this many protests i did it i I deposited that money in the bank, and I have my like my race my racial balance is high, so I'm a I'm a white ally. So for this particular case, right, talking about steps forward, and Termo and I spoke about this, but um, for you guys, what does justice look like for you in this case? Termo, I'll start with you. <laughs> um, jail time, right? Mm-hmm. Substantial jail time, but then. But then that, that's for just him or all the cops. For all, all of them, right? But then, but that, that. So yes, jail time for him, right? But then now we start to talk about like the systemic reform within law enforcement because have y'all seen like the different videos of the how the police are acting during all yeah, these protests? Yeah, it's, it's bad. So bad. It's bad. Have y'all seen that? Yeah. Yeah. So you, 
right? So it's like, dude, even in the midst of all of this, they're still out there doing that. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like I said, like this too will pass. Like, you know, hopefully these guys go to jail. But until we then talk about how to like reform that whole thing, you know, that that would be justice for me when like I can call the police or I can have interaction with the police and not be afraid. Because I, I told y'all the last time I had an interaction with the cop, the guns were on me. For something that me and my friend, you know, completely innocent. They we made them nervous in the cab, they pulled pull us out guns in our face. Right? So so that is the last image I've had with police, right? So I, I wanna so justice for me would be the cops. I call the cop for something and I didn't come handle the situation. Because how many times do we call the cops? I call the cops for something and I get killed. But I'm the one that calls you here. Mm-hmm. Right? So for me, justice is bigger than those cops going to jail. Justice is when we can start to have a conversation of like, yo, why, why did we get here and we need to fix this? You know, it is, you know, honestly, I, I don't, I don't know what justice would be like because people say, oh, look at all the police commissioners that are condoning, you know, downplaying that guy, he killed that, that cop in Minneapolis, the, NY, the NYPD commissioner said you know, that was murder, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we've all seen that, but they're saying that because it's not their police department. Yeah. Right. And, uh, the, and the Blasio because, just came out and said he was proud of the way the NYPD is handling everything. So, yeah, yeah that's so, so true. Because, so, so has the NYPD commissioner condoned how the NYPD are treating people right now during these protests. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the, you saw the video, the, the cop, like, opens the door and hits the, um, the protester. Yeah. Cops, like, you know, so, like, for me, it's, it's bigger than these guys. Justice for me would be, look, we, I don't know, I don't know how, what that would look like, but there's, the one, these police departments admitting we have done things wrong and they have the steps to put things in place and put it out there so people can, accountability. Yeah. You know, I, I, I watched um, Killer Mike, you know, the, the rapper mm-hmm. Killer Mike, you know, he's based out of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and he had a, he had a, a speech the other day and said, so, you know, we need like the community re- review boards in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, we need just clear transparency. You know, like the cop had 18, I know I'm rambling, but that cop, whatever his name is, had 18 violations, right? Derek Shaw so some shit like that. Derek, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when is it, when is enough, is enough so that guy can be yeah. fired? Yeah. yeah. And if, all- if I, hang on, because if we got, I mean, I don't know many professions where you can have 18 complaints and still be allowed to be out there patrolling. With a, with a gun. Or, yeah. or, or how many jobs can you kill somebody and just be fired? <laughs> right. You know, and then... Because, so, you know, knowing that I would want for justice for me, again, I don't know what this would look like, but the laws, because it's no longer black people protesting this because we realize that's not working. Because always seen as the angry black people. Right, it's not it's not white people because white people be out there too. You know, mm-hmm. law enforcement, yeah, has to come out That's and say, "Yo, your bad, bad apples, get out of here, get out." If you if you are not comfortable patrolling, being around black people, get out of the force. Yep, great point. Great point. That's that's the justice. That is how things are going to change. Get people that are not, that are not afraid. Yeah, when I was living in Newark, I still remember my sons and my nephew were out there playing basketball right in front of the house. I saw a group of police officers walking down the block. I said, cool. They see these kids out here playing basketball. Yo, come shoot the ball with them. Go talk to them. Nope. The cops walked right right by them. They even look at them. And I said, you see, that moment when you could have had a little community building, you walked on right by. Yeah, could guarantee thirty seconds. Yeah, all they, the, they, they the ball one time. One time. Guarantee. Me and my son see that. How do you think my son's gonna view the police? Mm-hmm. You around when it's time to fuck with people. So stop building relationships. Because again, like I said, this is beyond black people trying to trying to protest. 
Because everything we do is wrong. You can't do that. You can't kneel. You you, you can't destroy things. You can't block traffic because that, that's not the way to do things. So then, so then clearly you're saying don't. We can't do anything. And so then, please help us, law enforcement. Come in here. Stop building community. Yeah. That that for me that would be justice for me. So first, you know, if you think about Eric Garner and you, and you think about George Floyd, the the actual restraints that that the cops are doing like aren't illegal like the cop the you know i, I watched this this documentary called cop watch is really good it's on netflix and it, it it it's about this group of new yorkers that um including the guy that filmed the eric garner murder that go around and film cops they get tips they go to places where people are being arrested and they just film them and it's so common to see people being handcuffed and then just being picked up by their arms and like dragged around. Like that should be illegal. It should be illegal to handcuff someone and then pick them up by their arms. Like it already hurts just to have handcuffs on, um, let alone picked up by your arms and dragged around. Like these things should all be illegal. It should not be legal to put your, just putting your knee on someone's neck with handcuffs on you should be able to be prosecuted for that, let alone the person dying. You know, so all of these things that have been allowed, and if you, you know, a cop will be like, oh, but you need to be able to do those things because of X, Y, and Z. Well, you know what? No, because it's killing people. So it needs Mm -hmm. to be illegal. Like at Lehigh, where I went to college, listen to this story. So the police officers there once chased a student, right? They chase the student, the student falls and hits their head and ends up like, I don't know if they died or they had some kind of like lifelong issue from this cop chasing the kid. Okay. This is, these are rich kids, right? You chase a rich kid and they fall on the ground and they hurt themselves. After that moment, cops were caught cops on Lehigh's campus were no longer allowed to chase kids. <laughs> I swear to fucking God. We at Lehigh, if, if like you're underage, right? You're 18, you're walking around, you're drinking, you have weed, whatever it is. The cops are, the, you, the cops come up to you, you just run. And they're not allowed to chase you. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Cannot chase you. That's what happens in white upper class places to cops. When they, when they inadvertently, inadvertently, they were just chasing the kid and the kid fell. And we're talking about cops that are on purpose killing people. Yeah. Right. And they're protected by the law. And they're like, oh, Daniel Pantaleo, he was doing a, a legal, that was a legal hold. Is it like, maybe it's like against policy. Or maybe, I, maybe what he did to, to um, Eric Garner was actually not even against policy. Yeah, yeah, it took, I think it was a legal chokehold, I think. It was legal, but against yeah. policy, maybe, yeah, or yeah. something like that. But, yeah. he, but it's just like, how is that shit legal? How in a democracy in America, where we're like, the, you know, the fucking for the people bullshit, that like it's allowed for cops to legally do that to people? Like, right. what the fuck? Like, if you go other countries, cops don't even have guns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, literally, like, they, they don't even have a gun. Like, they just have a fucking baton or, like, a taser in, in places in this world. But in America, where, like, land of the free, home of the brave, the cops can fucking do anything to people. Mm-hmm. And it's completely fine. Put your knee on the back of their head, and it's completely fine. Have three cops on top of you, six cops on top of you, eight cops take you down to the ground face first, push a pregnant woman face first onto the ground and like, and maybe murder their unborn child. And like that cop is fine. Nothing happens to them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, and so justice is ending cops having absolute power to do anything. And so that they can actually be a little bit scared when they push someone on face first into the ground, that something might happen to them because there's community review boards that are reviewing the, the, their body cam footage and that the cops aren't the ones reviewing the footage. And then, Oh, the footage disappears. 
right? Yeah. So that's like that. All that stuff needs to happen. But I think also like right now, what needs to happen is there needs to be restorative justice. There needs to be circles. Cops need to sit down with community members, with the people that are murdered. With my, if you're a white person, a white cop, you need to sit down with people of the minority communities and talk and be forced to talk about your life and their life. And they, like, that humanity piece, that is what is missing from all of this. Mm-hmm. Is, the, is the common, where's the common humanity? Where's the person standing up and uniting people and saying, like, we need to all come together and talk about this, like, especially with the pandemic going on, where there, you know, and I know that black and brown people are dying at a higher proportion, but there are people dying from all backgrounds mm-hmm. this is a vulnerable time for everybody and so like th- th- that is what that restorative piece that piece of humanity of justice of us coming together and talking and you know if you think about v you know if you think about our our, our friend um coach v it's like what makes him such an interesting person is this is a guy who has a brother who's nypd but he's the son of immigrants that were Tunisian. Um, And so you have like this common story that links up with so many of the people who are being abused by the cops, but he's a defender of the abuse by the cops. But if you actually get a person like that, who's defending the cops and you sit down and you have a talk and you get people to, to relate to one another, those layers can begin to actually come off. And the, the, the cops that are doing the violence might walk out of those talks, especially if it's happening and it required and they have to do it week after week after week. They might actually have empathy. And empathy might actually get them to stop it without the rules changing. But the rules yeah. do have to change as well. Yeah. It's like both. That it's like the heart good. and the mind. That was good. That was good. All right, and on a final component... So you guys are both parents. And this is a very interesting thing because you guys are are both in interracial relationships and you have biracial children. So what conversations do you currently have or will have given this that has happened and has obviously continued to happen for many, many years? What what do those conversations look like? McLennan, I want you to go first since you just had little baby Cy. Oh, man. So it's funny because um, there's a... The author, Ibram X. Kendi, you know about this guy? I've heard of him, yeah. He, he wrote the book, How to, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I do. So there, there's actually a children's book that's like a guide for ch- It's not even like for parents. It's literally like a children's book about being an anti-racist. And, you know, this concept is 100% what I'm going to teach to Sai, is this idea of being... Oh, constantly aware of your attitudes, your beliefs, your privileges, um, because size size white, you know, and like he he might, you know, have a look to him that is going to be that of a that that of a non-white person, and like what Lalit and I were talking about is like when you see him dance, you're going to be like, all right, you're not white. <laughs> <laughs> But you never know. My my genes might be a little bit, a little bit too strong. Um, but the least hope is that you're going to see him dance. And be like, all right, you're not 100 percent white, but uh, I mean, he is, he's definitely going to be someone who has white privilege, no doubt, no doubt. And so, but at the same time, his grandfather is you know from Angola, legit. Like he's is from Africa, and that, you know has his his story of what it meant to be from a country that was in a civil war for 30 years and you know had to leave the country and be in france and live in a live in a city that is literally like 99 percent white um and so he has this deep love and appreciation he will have this deep love and appreciation for his his grandfather um and so he will have to have a lot of conversations about what it means to be black um, and what, but at the same time, confront his own privilege as a, a you know, white skinned American, 
Mm. Um, I mean, and he's also he's going to be bicultural too. So it's like I'm really I'm so ex- to be honest, like I'm so excited about that journey of what it's going to be, what it's going to be to raise um, to raise him with like the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm as I say that, it's like you know very obvious to me like that I have that I have the privilege to say that I'm so excited about that <laughs> yeah right. you know what I mean it's like <laughs> that, that, that I don't have to say like you know I, I'm so worried yeah about what is going to happen when he's 13 years old and 14 years old and walking down the street and like hopefully by the time he's 13 and 14 years old like the things we were talking about with justice might happen, but it's, you know, unlikely. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the mindset, like I really do. And with my daughter, you know, Julie, cause Julie, you know, I'm not with her mom. So we talk about race all the time. I mean, like all the time that it's, I don't think she's tired. I think she's actually interested in it because of how much it's so obvious that racism is all around us. We watch movies where, and like movies are the worst. Kids movies? Oh my god! Like Angel, you might not know because you're not a dad yet, and you haven't watched kids movies as an adult. But children's movies are the worst. The kind of racism that are in those movies is, and so like with Julie, whether it's a TV show or or a movie, like we're constantly talking about race. And with Sai, I think it's we're going to go an even step a step further, especially that he has a black mom um, of just getting like having that conversation all the time um about culture and about race nice uh turnbull and for those that know turnbull has three kids right stepfather rashad who's 13 zoe who's six yep girl that's six and trey the youngest who is four he's about yeah be five and ten days he's excited that's right oh dude trey same with my mom june 9th you know um you said June 9th? Yeah, that's the same birthday as my mom. Look, look at y'all, that's right, that's right. <laughs> um, yo, like, I mean, when I was having Trey, right, you know, I always told people, like, I hope my son is not as dark-skinned as I am, right? People are like, well, why would you say that? I said, because I don't want him to grow up in a world where they're going to see him and immediately think he's a threat. You know, it might take a little, is that, is that kid black or whatever type of thing, you know, so... You know, his wife, his, my wife is white. So, you know, he has that mixed complexion. And honestly, like, for me, like, I was happy because I know, like, he might have a little better chance, right? So, for me, you know, I, I my message, like, you know, my mom always told me growing up, like, look, you have two strikes. You're black and you're male, right? You know, so I, I do tell Bashad, who's 14, I tell him that. You know, yeah, you know, we down here in Texas, you know, we got a lot of friends that are white. And so, oh, let's go do this. Let's go hop over that fence. And he was telling me, like, yo, you guys can do that. But I, I, I'm not, I can't do that because there's a good chance something could happen. But they're going to see me and assume something, you know? So, yeah, we have that talk. Like, yo, this is not fair. You know, but at the same time, like my mom told me, you can do whatever you want to be. You can be whoever you want to be. Like, let no one stop you from having that dream, but still understand. Like, you know, the world is against you. So I, I need them to live a life where, you know, you show people different. Like, you know, don't, don't be what they expect you. Do what you got to do. Be yourself, but still understand. Like, people, they're going to they're gonna look at you. They're going to judge you. So make sure we walk out this door. You understand who you are. Don't lose that, but still know, like, well, you know what, what they, how you view. Um, you know, we do uh, a Black History Wall here all the time. Once a week, the kids, you know, learn about some Black person that we that we don't that's not taught in school. You know, we're not told my MLK. We talk about the inventors. Mm-hmm. So they can, they can see all the different, you know, prominent African-American uh, people throughout history. So they say, I can do that too. So we empower them that way. 
But I always keep it back to like understand the world that we live in. Don't mm. lose sight of that. So you don't go outside running crazy, thinking you can do what the next person can do because we don't have that luxury. I hope you enjoy that um, conversation with Carlos and Justin. Um, it was informative for me, even though I speak to them often about these things, but hopefully it was informative for you as well, listening to perspective of a white parent, a black parent, you know, people that are in both in interracial relationships and the opposite, right? Turnbull is, Carlos is black, married to a white woman. Justin, Justin is white, married to a French and black woman. Um, yeah, obviously this is, a, as you guys hear, there's no music um, to this outro. I feel like it w- wouldn't be appropriate given the, the circumstances. It's not really a fun conversation to have. And I also struggled, honestly, with even having an episode like this, you know? I'm like, do I talk about this? Do I not? But at the end of the day, you know, silence is worse, right? And obviously we all have opinions on the matter, but I wanted to just hear their perspective more than speak about my thoughts, you know, and and more about their, and especially Carlos, him being black, and I don't know what it's like to be black in America. He does. And yeah, um, there's not really much else for me to say besides maybe one point that I didn't get across. Um, Carlos did say that he's um, he's half Dominican and half black, right? And I want to say this to all of my Latinos out there, whether you're you know a light skinned uh, light skinned Latino like I am, a white Latino, a black Latino, but you will have to be in solidarity with what's happening right now, because somewhere along the line in your lineage and in, in your heritage, given the history of of Latin America, there were black people in your there were there were black slaves in your land, there were native people in your land. So I don't think this is this is not about you as well, right? That's why it's important that all people, the Latinos, Asians, white people, that we all show solidarity with what's happening right now to the black community in America because um, it is an utter disgrace, fucking disgrace, honestly. Um, but yeah, next episode obviously be a lot more lighthearted, um, go back to my normal uh, schedule kind of thing, but I think it was important that we had this discussion. Hope you guys stay stay safe. Take care. See you next time. Peace.